Governor Bush, Atlanta Braves pitcher John Rocker gave a venomous interview to Sports Illustrated recently spewing hatred toward gays, blacks, single mothers, and foreigners. That was Suzanne Giha of WOOD-TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan, teeing up a question for Republican presidential candidate George W. Bush, January 10, 2000, a debate at Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We'll hear her full question and Governor Bush's answer in a moment. But first, what was that citation of Sports Illustrated in a presidential debate all about? Do we hear Sports Illustrated mentioned often in politics? Actually, Sports Illustrated has a lengthy history with politics and political rhetoric. But now, sadly, it looks like it's coming to an end. They recently fired their whole staff. So let's give the magazine and its reporters a loving send-off and devote a whole episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly in tribute to Sports Illustrated. In this podcast, we remember some of the most prominent and colorful times this legendary, iconic magazine has been part of the political scene. Hi, it's Nate from C-SPAN. Imagine, 45 years ago when there were just a handful of television networks, C-SPAN first went on the air, bringing an unfiltered view of government directly to America's living rooms. No spin, no commentary, just pure democracy in action. And it's Shannon from C-SPAN. It was a bold experiment. We finally had a front row seat to Congress, the White House, and the campaign trail, all without government funding. As we celebrate 45 years and a legacy of unfiltered access, we ask for your support of a donation in honor of over four decades of service. Your gift, no matter how big or small, will help maintain this vital resource for access to the democratic process. You can help ensure another 45 years of witnessing history unfold and empowering citizens to be informed and engaged in the political process. Visit cspan.org slash donate today and join our 45th anniversary campaign. Thank you for supporting C-SPAN, your unfiltered view of government. Visit cspan.org slash donate today to make your gifts of support. Thank you. Mr. Speaker, it's game seven of the World Series. Best hitting team in baseball, the Houston Astros Orange, versus the best pitching team in baseball, the L.A. Dodgers Blue. The series is tied up three games apiece. Top of the second inning. Springer's at the plate. It's the third pitch. Springer loads up and belts it. Home run. Springer smacks his fifth round tripper of the World Series. The Astros are up five to nothing. Next inning, next several innings, all the bats are silent. Except L.A., the best record team in baseball, gets a run. It's the bottom of the ninth. Astros take the field. Score, five to one. One out, two outs. Houston pitcher Morton sends a sinker straight across the plate. It's a ground ball, three outs. It's all over but the shouting. Astros win, Astros win, Astros win. World champions of 2017. The championship predicted by the 2014 Sports Illustrated with Springer on the cover finally happens after 55 years. And the city of Houston goes astronomical. And that's just the way it is. I'll yield back. Gentleman yields back. Texas Republican Congressman Ted Poe on the floor of the House, November 2nd, 2017, with a mention of Sports Illustrated and a big blown-up picture of the Sports Illustrated cover as a poster. One of Sports Illustrated's most famous features has been referenced on the House floor as well. Here's Republican Congressman from Georgia Jack Kingston on January 24th, 1996, the day after President Clinton's State of the Union address. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, last night, the president's speech was somewhat like the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. Thrilling, exciting, but full of dreams and fantasy. On July 10th, 2010, Representative Scott Murphy, a Democrat from New York, said this. 
Every year, people from across the nation and the world come to experience Saratoga's wonderful atmosphere and heart-stopping races. Perhaps that's why Saratoga has been recognized by Sports Illustrated as one of the world's great sporting venues. That led Representative Jason Chaffetz, a Republican from Utah, to say this. And to cite this, oh, it's important because Sports Illustrated recognized it. Well, they have a swimsuited issue, and I haven't seen a resolution on that yet, and I hope we never do. The people of the United States of America deserve better than to debate whether or not to recognize a racetrack on its 142nd anniversary. But it's hardly just the entertaining stuff. Politicians have cited Sports Illustrated's groundbreaking reporting in serious venues and for serious reasons, like a May 17, 2017 hearing on athlete health and safety. Here's Democratic Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey. The cover story this week in Sports Illustrated is Nick Bonacani, the great football player, Hall of Fame football player. Um, and essentially what it says is that his brain has atrophied to a point where he cannot tie his tie or his shoes. And uh, unfortunately, that is a story that is all too common to former athletes. Nick Bonacani died two years after that hearing. On August 15, 1991, Virginia Democratic Governor Doug Wilder, the first African-American ever elected as governor, addressed the American Tennis Association. He spoke alongside tennis legend Arthur Ashe. Oh, it's very difficult for our young people to, to succeed, male and female alike, over the long term, in the absence of positive role models. And our young people can't succeed in their one and only goal of life if it is to just be a professional sports hero. Because according to an article in this June issue of Sports Illustrated, and I recommend that you read it, a recent Harris poll of black male athletes in high school revealed that 43% fully believe that one day uh, they'd be playing professional sports. I think all Arthur used to go around the circuit speaking and showing just how few people they are. There are less than 3,000 right now in all of professional sports. I'm talking about, talking about football, basketball, baseball, and everything. So reality says otherwise. In 2024, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running for president. Nearly 30 years earlier, on October 2, 1997, when he was an attorney for the Natural Resources Defense Council, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. spoke at the National Press Club on clean water issues. He told this story from the mid-60s. A Sports Illustrated environmental writer stood up and two, named Bob Boyle, and two years before he had researched an article about the Hudson River in which he had come across an act called the 1888 Rivers and Harbors Act. And that act had never been enforced, and the act said that it was illegal to pollute and that you had to pay a high penalty if you did, and that there was a bounty provision, and so that if somebody reported a polluter that they could collect part of the bounty. And he said to these people, we shouldn't be talking about breaking the law, we should be talking about enforcing it. And they resolved that that night to begin enforcing the environmental laws on the Hudson River. Former Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer also has cited serious Sports Illustrated reporting. On May 31, 2011, Justice Breyer gave a speech on the Constitution. He recalled what happened in September 1958 after a unanimous Supreme Court declined a request from the Little Rock, Arkansas School District to delay desegregation by more than two years. Justice Breyer described what happened next. 
And the day after they decided that case, Governor Faubus closed the school. And the school remained closed for the rest of the year. And you could read what happened. It's a great article in Sports Illustrated about what happened to those students. A lot of their lives were ruined. I mean, uh, they didn't get the education for the year, and they didn't get into college. A lot of bad things happened. Now let's hear from presidents like Barack Obama. On July 10, 2013, President Obama gave out Medals of Arts and Medals of Humanities. One recipient was longtime and legendary Sports Illustrated reporter Frank DeFord. Uh, together, the men and women with us today have helped us appreciate individual talent. Uh, but as I said earlier, they've also helped us to bridge uh, our differences, uh, to recognize all the things we share as Americans, uh, whether it's arts or humanities or sports. You know, Frank, uh, you know, I, I grew up reading Sports Illustrated, and I think it was very good for me. I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> President Donald Trump made repeated mentions to Sports Illustrated when he handed out medals, Presidential Medals of Freedom, five times, in fact. Here's President Trump November 2, 2019, with Boston Celtic great Bob Cousy. After 1,026 games for the Celtics, Bob retired from the team in 1963. He has scored 18,973 points and made 7,000 882 assists. They were records at the time. He was a six-time NBA champion, a 13-time NBA All-Star. Wow. And he was also league MVP. He was the first NBA player to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Here's President Trump again in 2019, October 24th, giving the Presidential Medal of Freedom to auto racing legend Roger Penske. In 1955, he attended Lehigh University, where he studied business administration and started racing in the Sports Car Club of America. Roger quickly demonstrated exceptional talent for racing cars. Over the next few years, he was named Sports Car Driver of the Year by Sports Illustrated. And July 24, 2020, here's President Trump giving the Medal of Freedom to three-time Olympic runner and former Republican representative from Kansas, Jim Ryan. In 1968, Jim proudly represented Team USA at the Mexico City Olympics and won the silver medal for the 1500. And he competed in 1972 at the Munich Olympics with great distinction. A few years later, Jim retired from running. He had been on the cover of Sports Illustrated seven times. Later in 2020, December 3rd, President Trump gave a Presidential Medal of Freedom to football coach Lou Holtz. For the next decade, the Fighting Irish won 80% of their games and went to nine consecutive New Year's Day Bowls. And in 1988, cover of Sports Illustrated said, Notre Dame is back. Notre Dame is back. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and many other covers. The last medal of freedom Donald Trump gave out as president was on December 7th, 2020, to wrestler Danny Gable. And the ceremony, as you've already probably guessed, included a mention of Sports Illustrated. After that lone defeat, Dan vowed that it wasn't going to happen again. He couldn't stand the feeling of losing a match. He rededicated himself to mastering the sport and soon adapted his wrestling style to reach new heights of greatness. 
Sports Illustrated labeled Dan the hardest working athlete in the world by far and detailed his rigorous routine of working out two to three times a day every single day of the week. They estimated that Dan produced 60 pounds of sweat every seven days. That's a lot. I'm not sure I want to hear about it, but that's a lot. We began this podcast by hearing Sports Illustrated cited in a presidential debate held in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids also is where you can visit the Gerald R. Ford Presidential Museum. From February 16, 2006, speaking at the museum, here's Gerald Ford's son, Stephen Ford. If you look at the facts and think about Dad and who he was, the facts was he was a great athlete. Played football at the University of Michigan on a couple championship teams. He was the most valuable player. He uh, uh, got drafted by the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions to play professional football. He decided not to. He went on to law school. Um, when he went to Yale Law School, he coached boxing in the junior varsity football team. And then I saw where Sports Illustrated, um, Sports Illustrated actually named Dad the most underrated political jock on Capitol Hill. <laughs> but yet the press makes him out to be a clumsy, uh, clumsy president. We should also point out famous writers who got their start at Sports Illustrated. From a September 10, 1996 speech at Claremont McKenna College, here's biographer and historian David McCullough. I never met President Truman. I never uh, talked to Harry Truman. I would give a great deal if uh, that had been possible. I did see him once. I had just started work, my first job. I was working for a, in New York for a new magazine called Sports Illustrated in 1956. And Mr. Truman arrived at the St. George Hotel in Brooklyn to attend a Democratic fundraiser for Averill Harriman. And there was a little crowd gathered outside the hotel as I came up that evening out of the subway on my way home to our apartment in Brooklyn. And I asked what was going on, and they said that Governor Harriman was coming, and I had never seen a governor. And so I waited, and the car pulled up, and out stepped Averill Harriman, very tall, very handsome, and uh, was, to me, very exciting. I was starstruck about being in New York, even as it was. And then, from behind the governor, out of the same back seat, stepped former President Truman. And I stood uh, very, I was very close to him. And all I remember, and what made the greatest impression by far at the moment and ever after, was that he was in color. <laughs> because we had no uh, uh, television other than black and white television and no uh, colored photographs in uh, the newspapers. And he had quite strong, uh, healthy, uh, vibrant uh, looking color, high color, and very blue eyes, which were greatly magnified by the thickness of his glasses. I remember that. And I think probably that the fact that he was in color uh, brought home to me, as I had never experienced before, the obvious fact that he was a human being. And Sally Jenkins, the Washington Post sports columnist, a Pulitzer Prize finalist, was a senior writer for Sports Illustrated. She appeared on C-SPAN's Q&A program March 2nd, 2011. Your father, Dan Jenkins, uh, for those who don't follow sports, wrote or write, still write some, but wrote what? Right. Uh, well, he was a, a senior writer at Sports Illustrated for 35 years. That was his main gig, but he also became a, 
very successful novelist. He wrote a great novel called Semi-Tough that was a big bestseller in the 70s and got made into a movie with Burt Reynolds. And uh, so that would probably be the most notable uh, thing that people would recognize him for. But uh, he's a Hall of Fame sports writer. Uh, he writes for Golf Digest magazine now. He's probably the, the, one of the greatest golf writers who really ever lived. He knows more about golf than any human being on the planet. Of course, Sports Illustrated was known for more than its reporting. There were also the pictures, and one famous picture spread that came out every year, which was alluded to on September 20th, 1995, when former First Lady Barbara Bush was asked how to get kids to read. For instance, with boy children, sometimes the newspaper is as good as anything. I have six grandsons, and they'll read the sports page from cover to cover or Sports Illustrated any day with or without the bathing suit model, but. <laughs> Finally, speaking of the Bush family, we return to where we started. Suzanne Giha's question for George W. Bush at a debate before the 2000 Michigan Republican presidential primary. Here's the full question and Governor Bush's full answer. And you'll also hear the voice of moderator, Tim Russert. I would like to ask you this question, Governor Bush. Atlanta Braves pitcher John Rocker gave a venomous interview to Sports Illustrated recently, spewing hatred toward gays, blacks, single mothers, and foreigners. As a former owner of a baseball team, the Texas Rangers, and as a candidate for president, would you defend Rocker's right to say whatever he wanted, short of making a threat, or would you support and require him to undergo psychological testing? Would you call for his firing or demotion? I thought for a minute you were going to bring up the Sosa trade. <laughs> I heard that was your one big regret. For the record, Governor, Harold uh, Bain said it was I, a good trade, and that's why you got out of the business. I, was about, I, I appreciated uh, Harold Bain's uh, kind gesture. John Rocker. Listen, I think it's a free, it, this is a, a, a case of a, a fellow who needs help. And I appreciate the fact that the Atlanta Braves are getting him counseling. But this is a world of, of, of in athletics, this is a world of some young men who make a lot of money who, don't, who aren't responsible for their behavior. I, what I'd like to do is the President of the United States is usher in the responsibility era so that each American, whether you be a baseball player or, a, or anything, wear, wear the uniform in the United States, are responsible for the actions you take in life. That each of us must understand with certainty that we are responsible for the decisions we make. And it starts, by the way, with having a president who behaves responsibly in the Oval Office. And now, a bonus clip. You may not know the name of the company that mailed out Sports Illustrated, but don't worry. On November 8th, 2011, former President Bill Clinton told us. Yeah, I've got a friend in a company called Axiom, which is the largest mass mailing company in the country. If you get Sports Illustrated, Every month, you got it from them. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's Podcast Weekly. Want to hear more politicians cite Sports Illustrated and more legendary writers who work there? Just go to cspan.org, use the search bar on top, and enter Sports Illustrated. For now, thanks for listening, and happy searching. <laughs>